Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Reggie Hammond. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Man, you're loaded here. What the fuck is this? Tax refund. Bullshit. You're too fucking stupid to have a job. Look, Candy, if I don't get some trim tonight, I'm gonna bust. Excuse me? You know, some gumbo, some sex. Are you crazy? Can't you ask me any better than that? Cue the theme song. You got a lady, Kate? Yeah. Yeah, well, I got a reputation for looking real nice with the ladies, man. We can go on a little pussy hunt, huh? I ain't playing fucking games. Turn your back for half hour and let me go get some pussy. Can't get it up in huh? Dick gets hot if the wind blows. That shows you how desperate I am. Ain't no goddamn way to start a partnership. All right. Let's see it. All right. This movie is pretty 80s. 82, actually. A lot of numbers. 82, 48, 48 hours. That's right. Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy, some other folks, Annette O'Toole. A few other faces you'd recognize. The worst wig maybe in the history of wigs. Brian James's wig. Maybe, maybe the first buddy cop movie, although it's kind of cop and robber, but buddy, buddy movie. But- but that's what was so smart about it. See, it's so funny because it, I think it probably was the first buddy cop movie. But it, it's that's what's so cool is it's uh, it's a, not a they're not both cops. One of them is a criminal, and I can't believe someone. I guess they have kind of tried to remake this with like Midnight that, Run. You know, like there's uh, yeah, Midnight Run or that Bodyguard movie on with uh, Ryan Reynolds. I guess kind of tried to remake this again. The bodyguard's Bodyguard. You mean or Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston? Come on. Are the, the bodyguard? bodyguard? Uh, no, I was thinking of the other one with Samuel Jackson the bodyguard's and Ryan bodyguard. Reynolds. I don't know what it's called. My, yeah, yeah, something like that. That sounds right. Um, and I think this is Eddie Murphy's first movie, to be honest. But this did definitely start a formula that people tried to recreate over and over and over again. Lethal Weapon uh, is very reminiscent of this. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it became, uh, I mean, much like Die Hard, it became, uh, it's like, you know, it's like 48 hours, but this, or it's like Die Hard, yeah. but that. This is like definitely started a trend. It's also, uh, Walter Hill and it's, he, he, it's so, this one's really gritty as well. Even though it's a comedy, I, I feel like the, the grit in this all the time. That's because it was shot yeah, I with feel a like- potato. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it it's is early '80s. It's very the film quality and stuff is uh, the the cinematography and the uh, San, it's San Francisco, but it's is the dirtiest San Francisco that I've ever seen. Like this, it feels very New York gritty for a West Coast movie. Yeah, which is weird. It does kind feel of funny. It does feel East Coast, East East Coast, more industrious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it feels more, uh, and I guess Lethal Weapons, Los Angeles, and that also felt that way as well. Also felt more like a, it was in New York or or Chicago or something, but just because of the way they film it and the way they make He's it got look. He's a trailer the on the, the beach. City. That movie's total West Coast. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, uh, you know, the the inner city grittiness of Lethal Weapon felt more like you said, like East Coast than West Coast. Yeah. Um, mm. Just. The, the, just the streets feel dirty in this and he drives that beat up car and I mean the cop cars in the 80s are real pieces of shit this thing's a caddy though. oh yeah <laughs> sorry John do you want to <laughs> no, complete I mean, the intro 
I guess. I mean, we just kind of jump right in, but it's all it's all good on this show. Um, I guess you could say that there's a man named Gans, and he likes to break rocks and fix railways. And then Billy Bear changes all that. What's up, Billy Bear? How's this guy uh, in Predator as well named Billy? I wonder if that was a throwback or just an oversight or whatever the hell. But Billy, who is ripped and a gorgeous human being, on, let's be honest let's here. Let's be honest. Um, Billy Bear breaks out Gantz and they get away and they feel like they're owed some money for some events that took place that aren't super made clear to us. But that's okay. You don't need to know too much because you figure out pretty quickly that Mr. Gantz and Mr. Billy Bear are gigantic pieces of shit. And they run amok of Jack. Yes, it's Jack. Kate's of the San Francisco Police Department. (laughs) He ends up running amok and uh, loses his gun. And uh, loses a couple of buddies, including uh, uh, Mr. Mike Ehrmantraut, um from uh, Breaking Bad fame. Anyway, um, so he runs a muck of Gans and figures the only way to track this guy down is to grab an old partner of his. Um, and that ends up being Mr. Reggie Hammond. Eddie Murphy, wonderful, funny Eddie Murphy in this movie, getting broke out of prison by a fellow cop who fudges some paper. And they got 48 hours uh, until a parking lot, parking uh, center, I don't know, a short-term parking place opens. Who Man, a parkade that's closed over the weekend, that's kind of not the best. Wouldn't you want your car maybe on the weekend? Yeah. Anyway, these two run amok, and they slowly become buddies, and they try and chase down, and there's some racism and some anti-racism racism and it's all very interesting in the land of 48 hours so uh colin said yeah this is pretty much like a comedy and a, a drama a buddy a buddy action i guess um but i find this one leaned a bit more towards the the violence than the funny it just had uh, some good funny moments but i wouldn't call this movie a straight like i'd say it's more action than comedy because it is Pretty intense, man. People getting blown away right away. It's in this only movie. a comedy because Eddie it's Murphy's not even a in comedy. it. If you put someone else in that role, yeah, like they're not going to have Eddie Murphy's chops or natural ability. Eddie Murphy just, especially at this time, like he's one of those guys that can just turn a scene, make it a little bit lighter. His his natural acting direction, I think, is a little bit more comical. He knows how to fucking rip his lines and make them cut. I think if you put Samuel in this role or something like that, like. Probably the dialogue changes a little bit, obviously, but um, I think this movie becomes a straight drama with that stuff. This movie is, is super interesting <laughs> that way because it could it could this easily movie. tell uh, transform. I need some trim, <laughs> motherfucker. I, I was just I, I was just gonna say like I was just gonna say right before Brent said that this movie isn't even funny at all until Eddie Murphy's in it. It's like there's nothing funny about the prison break. There's nothing funny about the cop killing. There's nothing funny that happens at the precinct. Until Eddie Murphy's in this, it's a straight action kind of cop movie. That's right. Soon yep. as Eddie Murphy shows up, the tone changes. It's so weird. So, yeah, I think it did have a lot to do with casting. I think Brent's, like, totally correct because without Eddie... There, there is... I don't think there's anything funny in, in any scenes when Eddie Murphy's not in them. Ever. Like, not nothing. Yeah, I've been trying to think of one. He's total comic relief. So, so this guy who produced this movie also produced w- with Joel Silver, Die Hard, Predator, um, I believe Lethal Weapon. Uh, yeah, Die Hard. I mean, the, this this guy, all these movies with Billy Bear and stuff you're talking about, he produced Die Hard 2, Predator 2, 
I mean, this guy is prolific. This Lawrence Gordon and uh, Joel Silver. And and Walter Hill did Commando, did he not? The same year I that this came Walter out. I don't think Walter Hill or, directed Or Commando. was it Joel Silver produced it? So, so this, we, there's some of the characters carry over between this movie, um, not yeah, the least this, of which yeah, is... Yeah, this um, guy... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, anything with action, Lawrence Gordon in the 80s and early 90s was Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver. Like, they were the Jerry Bruckenheimer and... Uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, what was the guy who died? His, his partner. They, they, they remember that they, they produced uh, all of those movies, and then his partner died. Bruckenheimer and Simpson, Don Simpson. Yeah, Jer- yeah, Don Simpson. That's right. So these two guys were like those guys, but like they were the the kind of the archetypes of those guys who who came up in the eighties as well, because those guys yep. did like Top Gun and and uh, The Rock with Sean Connery. The Rock. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So these guys were like making movies like this. Joel Silver also produced like, I mean, The Matrix and all of its sequels. I'm sure he's doing the new one as well. The guy that wrote so, this wasn't yeah, a stranger yeah. to old it's action all my childhood. No, hey. No, well, he fucking directed a bunch of shit. What like is Turner his? and Hooch and Air America and uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. The Sixth Day with Arnie. A Bond movie? Oh yeah, yeah, he got God. a Bond movie. The, the Six Pierce Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Oh, it's garbage. The Six Days terrible. But that that writer well, did I, both this and another Forty Eight Hours. But that's that's all later shit in his career. But I mean, it's obvious where his brain is at, right? I brought up yeah, Commando totally. before because that's one of Arnie's first kind of big ones. But um, that not only had uh, David Patrick Kelly, who plays Luther in this movie, he played Sully Luther. in Commando. I let him go, yeah, off a fucking cliff. Thanks, Arnie. Uh, but the uh, the composer for this movie, James Horner, you can tell by his um, his steel drums that he ends up implementing <laughs> about halfway through the movie, which is very even more heavily leaned on in Commando. Bling 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 bling. It's um yeah pretty great. Thanks, James Horner, for bringing us that two pieces of great movie music in the same year. I wonder how that worked. Pretty great. It was pretty fucking great, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so th- this movie, uh, I'll say first off as the um, in-house weapons freak, um, that you know they do a pretty good job in this movie of giving the weapons some like real life limitations. There are definitely moments when guys are using you know guns that should have six rounds in it, uh, and they're firing eight or you know maybe even a few more from time to time, but. There was a few times that just as I was getting ready to do some verbal berating of the movie creators, um, Nick Nolte would like turn a corner and start reloading his gun or a bad guy would start doing the same. And I was like, all right, thank you for throwing that in there. In the beginning, Billy is cocking the hammer of his revolver every time before he's using. Yeah, he is using an old, old like wheel gun, like like cowboy era should have learned uh, that cowboy hand slap that fan technique oh yeah i was just i was just thinking the same thing yeah uh is that is he is that because the because the uh it's the the trigger is so heavy that it's easier for him to cock it no it probably won't fire unless cocked it's probably a single action revolver oh jesus yeah that's well i mean at least that's safe i didn't realize that there was any revolver that you couldn't pull the trigger through um, I didn't realize that either. I don't know. John, we're going into old weapons that John didn't <laughs> I can't know remember. A gun thing. 
I I honestly can't remember. I don't think... um, Yeah, maybe the trigger pull was just way too hard, but it seems dumb that he would be cocking. Plus, Billy never really aimed up properly. He was always one-handing it. A lot of that guard usage is really poor. Trigger control in this movie is off the chain poor, especially for the uh, guards at the start of the movie with their shotguns. Those guys are just fingers on the triggers, even when they're up cradled over their shoulder. That's just... (laughs) Yeah, That's prisoners no. just died all the time by misfires. Oh shit! Oh damn! Not another one. I wonder why this is happening. What could I do to stop this? <laughs> Wasn't this where Nolte gets the I gun in the, the beginning? Gun... He points it right at the guy in the across the police uh, fence thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sweeps him. Jesus. Oh right, in the jail cell. That's a fucking hard no no. Like hard everyone no. else holding their guns, like kind of like walking around patrolling or whatever, with their finger on the trigger. That's <laughs> shitty. But you could fucking He's, get away yeah. with it. But a guy pointing his gun at another officer, that's inexcusable. Yeah, you don't. I mean, at one point, they they make a big deal of Nick Nolte losing his forty four um, to the bad guy, which I'll talk about that in a second. I have a little bit of a problem with how that went down. But they give him a 1911 replacement, and he is, like, waving that thing all over the station as he's reloading his mag. It, like, he's treating the gun so haphazardly, I'm surprised he didn't do a desk pop at the time. Desk pop would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, damn it! I'm used to my revolver! <laughs> one, of the, for you. one of the things that makes <laughs> this movie so good with the action, though, is the sound. They they Whoever did the sound effects for the guns... Um, that that makes it so much feel like so much more realistic for some reason. Yeah, they knew uh, how to make guns go boom. They're so loud and deli- like there are like some some thirty eight specials going off and some forty four. So you imagine those would be big booming guns, but damn, yeah. it adds to the grit of the movie. Like the big boomy sounds and and the guns all seem to have real impact and and power. Some you know to a cheesy extent almost, but. Um, but but yeah, so ultimately this movie gets a pass for me for the gunplay, um, except for some people who are like <laughs> real weak sauce with gun safety. Yeah, yeah. Real weak sauce. Um, one thing I do like about this movie, though, is um, the bad guys. Um, they're, they're simple. They are immediately shown to be massive pieces of shit who will kill anybody to get what they want. Um, and so that makes me appreciate them as bad guys. And I, you know, I know who they are. I know that I know who Gantz is. I know Billy is his kind of sidekick and that's the way it goes. So I'm actually almost never confused in this movie. Yeah. But don't you feel like the bad guys are a little crazy? Like how have they lasted even this long (laughs) considering how fucking like they are like, I think in heat, they they talk about it where they were like, where they're like these guys will go anytime, or maybe it's a uh, it's uh, a yeah. uh, the one with fucking Ben Affleck, I think is is the one where John Hamm says that these guys will go. You know what I mean? Like oh uh, the town, the town. Thank you. That's where he says it. But I think these guys are yeah, definitely well, these types of criminals, the type of criminals that don't hesitate to kill a cop. Do you know what I mean? Like they do what's necessary, but they seem yeah. almost like that. Like they desire it over freedom. Like the action is necessary for them, which kind of for me feels a little bit overboard. I would have liked to see them be like maybe a touch calculated in their movements and decisions, but I mean, not so a huge saying, deal breaker. It's just, it's something I would have liked to see the characters not for be me, just so careless me, and fucking, and, uh, you know, ready to fire for, at the first drop of the hat. 
for me, it would have bothered me more if they, they like, they, it wasn't a prison break. Like, Gans was obviously in jail. He wasn't getting away with his fucking craziness. But then he gets out of jail and goes crazier. Yeah. So he's just like, fuck it, I'm out now, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck it takes to s- never go back to jail again. So I feel it, like that kind of worked for me. If, if they were just loose... Wouldn't you think a low profile would be better to... I know, jail. right? Oh, like well, these guys are not low profile. <laughs> even the hooker says that they like killing cops better than banging hookers. She even says yeah, that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's they—they they are definitely like bad, bad people. Will kill anyone at any time for any reason. Um, so I can't disagree with you too much down that road, Brent. But it wasn't. It, it's not like that was out of nowhere, and they weren't so psychopath killer like just killing anyone like at the hotel stairs. Oh, boom. <laughs> High five, Billy Bear. We killed another one. You know, not that over the top. I do, you know, I guess if anything, could could they be slightly more dynamic? Yes. What are they going to do with the money? Like, what's their plan? Who knows, right? They're like almost too crazy to, to make any <laughs> kind of assimilated life plan. They'll be like, well, we'll just buy more hookers and blow. Yeah, five. But I don't want to know. <laughs> I actually don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anymore about these bad guys. I know like exactly the amount I need to know for me to want them to get caught or killed by the cops. No, no, that's fair. If I, I don't want to know anything else about their plans or their backstories like that they gave me just enough to hate those guys, yeah. which is yeah. all you need to do. I mean, that's the thing that sucks is a lot of people overplay their villains and then they're, then you start to question their motives and stuff because they don't make any sense. No. So I felt like I mean, you clearly right want a fleshed out these. bad guy, but you don't need to know him intimately. You don't need his backstory. Yeah. You don't need all that shit. You just need to see that he's enough of a person. And like you're saying, like you have cause. Like they do enough to fucking build them up as as someone you're fucking cheering against. So I think that all does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the, uh, I like the prison break and I, I, my, one of my favorite scenes to this day is still action scenes is the stuff that goes on in the hotel when f- the cops yeah. get killed. It, it's super intense. I have two issues. I mean, one of them's not even an issue. One of them's more a wish just because I like, um, um, Jonathan Banks who plays, um, I don't Mike. know whatever his name is, detective something. Mike in, in Breaking Bad. I just like that he he was always like this, either a cop or a, a, a villain in in all these movies. Anyway, um, I guess it's more that I just felt bad that he came running around the corner down the stairs with no rounds left in his gun, just squeezing away like crazy, even though those bad guys still had a hostage. So I don't know exactly what his plan was there. <laughs> Useless piece of trash that he was. And then then Nick Nolte handing over his gun, and I I thought a little bit about this. Did I just hate that he did it because it obviously led to the death? But I I cannot see him making that decision just because Gantz and um, Billy Bear had already proven they're like killers, cop killers. Yeah. Won't hesitate. So as soon as you give them the gun, like there's no way they're like, yeah, good job, and then just leave. They'd be like, okay, let's kill these two cops and then fucking go. Yeah. So I think Nick Nolte would have known that too. So. Um, but what's the it, protocol it, there in that situation? Oh, what, they have a woman with a gun to her head, and then they and his partner standing there with no weapon bullets, like, and he's got one gun, and they have two women hostage, and they're holding them as human shields. I don't yeah. know what his options are, like to start shooting. I don't. What no, is his I, options? I think he's got to shoot. I think he's got to stand off. It, like, he does. Yeah, he has to infinitely stand off because if you let them go, you're letting them leave with a hostage. 
Um, you definitely don't give them your gun. You definitely don't do that. You could throw your gun away to the ground behind you, like it, it out a window and be like, haha, now no one's got the gun except that eight year old kid in the alley. Um, yeah, they definitely wanted him to have his gun. That was a thing that Nick Nolte kept mentioning is some crazy guys running around with my gun. Yeah. And stuff like that. That's so like they that thread it to happen. That thread I didn't need, honestly, that he didn't yeah, have his fort. Like I didn't have any relationship with his gun. I like the 1911 maybe a little better just because it's an automatic and holds, <laughs> holds like, an oh, extra bullet, um, even though his 44 would blow a hole through a human being. But anyway, so that 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 ended up not mattering too much throughout this movie. Yeah, like, it that, doesn't really. It's a yeah, do they even make a big deal when detail. he gets it back? Not really. I don't think they do at all. No. So, and, yeah. And then all of the cops in the cop oh my shop God. in this movie are all cops from other movies and television shows. It's like they have a list in Hollywood in the 80s of like, oh, you need a bunch of cops to fill a bullpen. Oh, well, here's a, a bullpen. <laughs> then here's a list. And all of them play cops. All, yep. Like all of these women. They all men. got the white shirts. They all got the holsters. <laughs> they all, yeah, they have bad they suits. They all have mustaches. And and <laughs> bad ties and bad and bad wigs. Yeah, you don't as, happen to know uh, eight guys said. with mustaches, do you? I happen to know only eight guys with mustaches. <laughs> yeah, they're all ex-cops. Yeah. Those cops do end up treating Nick Nolte like garbage considering what he had just gone through. Which even totally. for a cop who's seen action, like that was a sh heavy shoot with like dead partners. Oh, yeah. And people, and they're all like, it's your fault, Jack. Yeah, fuck you, Jack. What do you know? Get back out on the street. Turn in your bed. Like, it, that's all very intense. Like, I don't think he'd be going back out to work that night. Or maybe that's how things rolled in the I 80s. Also, I don't know. I don't think those guys would be so shitty to him. To me, that was, a, that was kind of like a... I can't imagine cops not oh. being harmonious in that. One guy had already been shot dead, and the other guy had already been shot a number of times. Like yeah. he at that point giving up his gun was was essentially sacrificing his life for what he thought might save for the other, the other guy. guys. Whereas Ultimately, the other yeah. way, the other guy probably never lives anyways, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, I think like I mean the only way I could I could make that make sense in my head is that maybe that guy who was getting mad at him was really good friends with one of those cops who got killed, and he was. He was lashing out at Jack sure. because his his buddy got killed. Well, they were treating well, they him did. like shit instantly when they got on the same scene. Yeah, like those guys yeah. had a history and Jack had been... A, like, you, he's a lone wolf. He doesn't want a partner, right? So I think he doesn't get along too well with some of those guys. So I, I took it that he had a history with them, but even if he did... None of what happened in that shootout was was even close. He was he it was lucky he was there. Otherwise, uh, Jonathan Banks would have just been slowly murdered, and those guys would have left. Actually, he might have survived at the end of the day. But still, it's not Jack's fault for what went down. No, no. Jonathan Banks was injured already when he came down the stairs. Badly, he was already shot. Yeah. He was which is why going I into shock, in my which head. is why he's shooting yeah. that gun like yeah. that. Like that's he's, how I he's, felt. He's too, already yeah. losing enough blood. His brain's not full on. Yeah, yeah, that's I how I felt. I, I think his performance in that scene, it, to me, is uh, it's haunting. I, I that when he says like, "Don't do that for me" and stuff, that I I remembered that from 1982, and like I I did not know that he was Mike. I never made that connection till we I watched it a couple of weeks ago recently that it was Mike. But uh, I always remember that scene because of his lines and his acting. We have a couple yep. big time He's celebrities right in the I beginning there. Love him. Uh, we have Max Mom from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
And we have yeah, that's Mike right. She's taking a bag. statement from a witness. Yeah. 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 Who who spotted Mac's mom from It's Always Sunny? Was that Brent, right? Yeah. Yeah, Brent. That I was, think a, it was such Brent. A, that was such yeah. a key, uh, such a clutch grab. Um, <laughs> that's clutch. Sonny Lanham. Totally Is it Sonny Lanham? No. Uh, Brian <laughs> Brian James as Inspector Ben Kehoe. Who we think in the another forty eight hours movie is actually one of the bad guys. He's on the force. He's the Iceman. However, I believe he's the Iceman in this which, sequel. Yes. And if someone went back and watched this particular character's behavior during all of the scenes, it's easily sellable that this guy turned to evil because <laughs> he is like on huge amounts of glue all the time. He's just like, hey, what's going on? And with the we also couldn't understand why someone let that scene, any scene with him in it, be shot with him wearing that wig. Like, it's okay for a cop to be bald. He's not a main character who was like, oh, dude. He no, wears he, that wig again. You gotta wear he, the wig. He wears, that, he wears that wig again in the sequel. Oh, my God. It's it's horrible. It's like, the, you know, they I had a regular wig guy. It looks like they put but it the on the wig backwards. guy was sick. It's bad. Because it goes just like a straight line. Like, you ever see, like, the uh, the old intellectuals <laughs> fucking bald pattern? Like, it doesn't do the full <laughs> cul-de-sac like a lot of people get. It just kind of cuts halfway across the head. Like yep. a Frasier. Yep. Like an early Frasier bald spot. Yeah. That's what this guy has going on. Except for a little bit That's, forward. Like a five so and funny. Five I think it... I, and it was, like, too dark. Too dark to be natural for that particular person. You could tell by looking at him that that wasn't his natural hair just color. I'd be bald. <sighs> I we, want we, you guys to see the sequel just so you can tell me if they get his wig better three years later because I think his wig is better. I think they yeah. fixed it. But it's the it's, exact same cut. I think it's so eight like, years after this. Eight? I think it's 1990, another 48 hours. Oh, my God. Eight years. Uh, maybe 89. Yeah, I'll, we'll have to look. But anyways, the wig makers definitely got better is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty funny. Oh. I mean, the way the guy was acting, we thought at some point it would be funny if he like went to the bathroom and came back with the wig on and just was acting as his normal fucked up self. And everyone was just like, oh, that's fucking Inspector Ben <laughs> Kehoe for you. <laughs> oh, my and then, God. And then when they introduce Eddie Murphy for the uh, in his first time in his film career history, it's a great scene with with him the iconic scene that of him singing Roxanne in the prison cell giving it his all oh yeah with uh, the sunglasses on you can tell that he's and, kind uh, of lost there yeah he seems yeah, like he's a bit yeah. of the man that could be because he, he has a half like a million man. dollars somewhere like a beach and people know it in there and sunglasses in prison yeah he did yeah, yeah. and a and a walk and he had like <laughs> I was gonna say a night, pretty nice Walkman for 1982. That that was some primo Walkman Probably shit a Sony. back then. That, I think it was a Sony. Probably a Sony, uh, and that's like the top of the line. That shit's Walkman you could get. That's at the, uh, excellent. That's like the Apple of the 80s yeah. Walkman. One hundred percent. Anything <laughs> like any kind of a a, a, ste a stereo or a walkman in the 80s if it was a sony that was the best shit that was the most expensive Big shit time. so i guess he has money maybe he was getting uh people to uh bring him st cool shit yeah you pay so him back later <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it with cigarettes um, and uh there's so conflict immediately between him and nick nolte which is great i mean the conf conflict is thick we'll it's thick that. but it's also it's also interestingly deep and consistent 
Yeah. And the reason I say that is because um, over the course of their relationship, Nick Nolte says some pretty heinously racist things to Eddie Murphy. Disgusting things. It's bad. Really bad today. But I mean, I would hope even bad for 1982. It's actually it was really interesting to watch how like outwardly racist people are to Eddie Murphy their characters in this movie and how Eddie Murphy's character like bounces or, or jokes with most of it and lets it roll or whatever. It, it's kind of weird, casual uh, response to some disgusting words said to another human being. But anyway, uh, later on in the movie, um, Nick Nolte actually directly um, identifies the, the racism that he had unleashed onto Eddie. And I mean, could you ever have an excuse that valid for it? No, but um, at least he explains that you know, he was he was doing his part to keep his basically his prisoner down so he could maintain control over them the whole time, which as a cop and bad guy tactic works. The fact that there's color involved um, shouldn't make much of a difference. It obviously does in this point because Nick Nolte uses it to his advantage as he also calls Eddie Murphy the N-word and sucker punches him so badly. <laughs> um, so it's like kind of double, yeah, totally. double he, heinous. He, he, even when he... Ap- even when he apologizes later and explains that his racism was uh, uh, doing a part of his job, Eddie Murphy even calls him on that, and he's like, "Come on, man, that's you know." And then and Nick Nolte is like, "Yeah, sorry about that. You're right." Like he he admits that that it was over the line. So I I like that they address it. It's nice because, because not you start to really human. yeah. And you just start to hate Nick Nolte's character. So it, it shows that Nick Nolte is human and he actually doesn't hate um, uh, Eddie Murphy. And uh, they end up, you know, bonding and becoming friends. And I feel like without that, the movie would not have been nearly as entertaining. Yeah, I want to clarify. Um, if, it wasn't, I, if that didn't happen. All I got to say there was uh, it's nice because he's not treating him as human. I just want to finish <laughs> that thought real quick. Uh. Say that's not what's nice about that. What's nice about it is that <laughs> oh, sorry, he's Brad. treating him like that. No, I cut you off. It's my own fault. But he's he's treating him like that. Um, <laughs> that's not what's nice. What's nice is that he comes around <laughs> later and they have like a moment of healing where Nick Nolte really seems to acknowledge like the depth yeah. of the fucking scar that he creates with that shit, which was super nice. Yeah. And I found he it to be pretty sing- progressive for an 82 film, uh, that scene. And like, I can't say, I can't remember the time. I mean, I was fucking barely a whisper at the moment but um it it we've been watching a lot of dated movies and the one thing that you get shocked by when you're watching older movies like this is that there is repeated homophobia and fucking racism galore and a lot of them are put in there not not to be a a, a moment in the movie right that's just the time it was just it was okay to be disrespectful it's like it that's why i said casual yeah because that's yeah, what it casual is casual racism yeah. it's very casual or, or homophobia racism. yeah it, it's that's why it's weird um because we we watch those scenes where he used um the language that he did and it's like you could just have said asshole instead of the other word and you still would have got your point across you still would have beat him down let him know your boss he's not you know you're not going free you're not getting anything you want asshole right it's just you, then you get that point across without being a racist dick yeah, it's not as incendiary so, though if you're trying to if you're trying to get under i guess skin like that and keep them down yeah. you're gonna use those other words asshole like friends call each other yeah asshole right yeah yeah well find a better word just uh, I, I was agreeing with you though oh, okay um, okay sorry i, I thought yeah. we were I thought, it, it's I amazing to no. me how quickly 
I feel like I, it's also amazing how quickly it's changing over time because uh, it's not even just with um, with racism and homophobia, but it's even with like just 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 like even like with shaming people for their bodies and stuff. Like I was listening to Jonah Hill, and Jonah Hill hasn't been around that long. And critics used to call him like a fat ass in their criticism. So like a critic <laughs> critic would write about how he was a fat ass. And like that was oh no and no one and that was okay. That was printed and stuff. And he would have to read that. And that was like 10, 12 years ago. And yeah, they no weird. one would do that today. So it's it's amazing how quickly things things change over time. Um but um yeah it i like the i like what you when you said casual racism because that is what it feels like it just feels like it's a part of their day yeah. you know it's just a part it was a part of their lives it, and uh yeah it's very weird to watch that 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 was the case and that once again people went this is a blockbuster movie people mm -hmm. went and saw this movie and it included that so i think it is good that they addressed it in the movie i also think that's kind of super progressive for a 1982 you know action comedy movie starring nick nolte and eddie murphy that that ended up in the screenplay that yep. they talk about it they have a discussion open discussion about it yeah and it's kind of where their relationship changes and they become partners because then he lets eddie have the gun <clears throat> and then they work together more as a team instead of against each other because they like beat the shit out of each other at one oh, point yeah yep like beat the shit out of each other. If you hit someone that much, they go. I would have cut that. They go a little over the top with how much. <laughs> Just a little. And Nick Nolte, we were making fun of this. We were watching that. Nick Nolte has an open bleeding wound on his lip. The rest of the movie that never dries or scabs <laughs> yeah, over. It just bleeds the whole movie. Face in He's the still bleeding. <laughs> He's like having a drink. And He's I'm always like, bleeding. You don't just sit I'm in a place. Blood. Yeah, you don't just sit there bleeding. And they're like, here, have another drink, sir. And you're like, uh, here's a napkin. Wipe your fucking face. <laughs> Uh, people be would be like, "Are you okay? Yeah. Like, like, can you not? Can you not bleed in our establishment? Could you like go home and put a fucking band aid on and come back or something? Like, fix yourself up a yeah. bit? No, instead, I'll have a whiskey. They, okay, <laughs> think nothing yeah. of the fucking wounds all over your face. <laughs> and how is Eddie Murphy not bleeding? He was fucking giving him haymakers. He fucking he starts with a haymaker. Eddie Murphy got the best of that fight. I felt like pretty clearly i don't know nolte came back at the very end he got in a bunch of good licks at the end but by then he was so tired maybe he just didn't wound eddie nick nolte started off though with a, a sucker punch haymaker like yeah that would the, have knocked any face. human being out Suck unless at least he, down at least unless he down. open hand slapped him you probably and most of the punches that, that nick nolte lands were most of the punches Nick Nolte lands are right crosses or, or what you call haymakers. So, like, those would have been, like, his face. Jesus, Eddie Murphy's look at face Nolte. Been, Looks like he got Tony like Robbins genetics. Black and blue. He's a fucking strong <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, uh, what did you guys think of the bus chase scene uh, where they where they uh, where they're shooting... Uh, from the window and then they're shooting at the bus <laughs> that shit was crazy it's, too it's wild that goes on just a little bit too long for yeah, my taste it, just, it does but yeah it but there's, just some, been, goes there's on some really a interesting camera work in there where the camera's fixed to the back of the car it's an angle you don't see a lot in cars and car chases it's like that's back, true it's like back no, it's and totally three quarter true. right 
shooting over the their shoulders and then and then to the to the right front of the car and when they're crashing into the bus i mean there's a real element there you can feel it that it's shaking you can feel the abrupt um impact i like that stuff in that scene i thought some of that uh action directing was done really well and it's stuff that yeah. i can't say i've i've noticed before anyways to be that i don't know that not the there. way they did it yeah, like the way they mounted the camera and you, it was like all stunt actors at least riding in those vehicles and, and you know, shooting the fake guns, whatever. Um, it just goes on a little bit too long because of the logistics of what's happening and like pe- people definitely would have been shot there, I think. And it's so. a bus. They would have flipped it. <laughs> yeah, like they're just like gently ramming and touching and it's like, nah, I don't think so. Like that caddy would have weighed a shitload as a convertible. Yeah. But, oh, a but convertible still. even more heavy. Yeah, even more. Yeah. Yeah. That thing would have been able to to pit stop, uh, pit pit move them, whatever you call it. Oh, the pits maneuver. The pits maneuver where you slam the back wheel and cause the uh, thing to fucking swing its ass around. Yep. The other thing that I I thought was really interesting that you couldn't get away with today, which is why I think uh, it'd be more interesting to write movies that are a little bit older without cell phones and stuff was uh, that um, Eddie Murphy couldn't get a hold of once they separated... So, okay, well, let's quickly talk about this subway gunfight then. That was crazy. Like, they were in a crowded subway with guns and they were in a standoff. That was super intense and shit, too. Yep. But after that happens, uh, they they get separated and Eddie Murphy's calling and calling and calling the precinct. But Nick Nolte got arrested and then he, he wasn't getting his messages. So, uh, <laughs> so Eddie Murphy was just partying at that bar with the awesome music. <laughs> yeah, I know. To pick up, trying to pick up the ladies. I actually really liked all that stuff. That's so funny. So first of all, it's it's sniff and glue inspector Ben Kehoe who doesn't pass along the message to Nick Nolte that his key suspect uh, has been calling him, which is pretty funny. But yeah, Eddie Murphy's uh, journey for uh, some female accompaniment um, comprises a big part of his character. <laughs> he very he much, shut, very much wants sh- to have the sex. And man... Well, <laughs> he's like he's the best ever he goes in he like sees a lady he's like let's dance a little bit i want to he doesn't even like try and romance he's like i need some trim i want to take you across the street to that hotel and she's basically like couldn't you ask me a little nicer okay let's go yeah he he says if i don't get some trim before the end of the night i'm gonna lose it so like basically what's up she's like is there something wrong with you (laughs) you can't ask better than that she doesn't say no though I know. That's because I, I said she has an. Inc- she has a low, low. She does. She has the worst he, self-esteem. She's macking it with the other guy. Like, were they making out? I can't remember if they were making out or just talking close. They're he was whispering close. in her ear. But Eddie Murphy has one of the best lines in the movie there, where he comes over <laughs> and that guy's way bigger than him, and Eddie Murphy like fucking gets in his face and he goes. Lack of pussy gets you, makes you brave, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you whispering to my wife's ear. Oh my god! He, he says and then it's she, his wife. Then she goes willingly along, and yeah, she's just DTF. So I mean, good, good for Eddie. If if that's not even how bars work, she, just for our younger <laughs> listeners out there, that ain't how shit works. She actually even asks him. He asks her if she has the money for the hotel room, and she's like, "You can't even pay." Yeah, but she for was gonna. Room? Which means, I guess, I'm not happy. She about was gonna that, pay. Though. Yeah. Well, she she at least brought it up that it wasn't cool that he uh, wasn't more smooth and didn't have any cash. 
Um, I guess he spent it all, whatever he had, all on booze because he was drinking. Unless he was uh, running a running a tab, he wasn't going to pay. They end up banging once, and then she commits to him for the next six months until he gets out of jail. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yep. he's like, he's like, go do some above the pants stuff, but uh, I'll be out in six months. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of him. And then we also failed to mention who is the actress in this that is in Next Generation. Oh, her name is. Um, she, she was plays, one of the main she characters. Plays she plays Yara. Yeah. So who is that? The one who can Denise, read minds. Denise Crosby. No. No. What, what was she? Is she the security? Yeah, uh, yeah. Chief she was or security. something. There's so some Denise weird story Crosby, with how yeah. she left the Star Wars. Yeah. Trek, right? There's some weird story with how she left that Star Trek franchise. I don't think it was voluntary. I think it was maybe misunderstandings or temper tantrums that got her. Well, she came out of nowhere in this. She has a very small role, but she also there's a lot of nudity in this movie, and she gets naked in this movie too. Like pretty much all of the women except for Jack's girlfriend show skin. Yeah, she is. She's the only one. Do we wait? No, we don't. Yeah, Jack's Jack's redhead companion is like likes to the rainbow. I guess um, she's a famous actress, though. We never close shit out with her, though, do we? Like. No, she's kind uh, of in, in the movie, fight. and then he talks about getting in fights with her, and then like they never reconcile. Well, they have phone call fights. Yeah, but she disappears uh, the, the after, their, he after their it. argument around, like just after the midpoint area somewhere. They like don't talk at all anymore. She's just out yeah. of the when movie. He's on the phone. He's on the phone yeah. with her, and he puts her on hold so he can talk to Eddie Murphy's character. That's true, and uh, and then when he and then a keyhole is the one who points out that he she's still on hold. Yeah, <laughs> See, then, here's here's the and thing, then he though. goes back, yeah. and then she's like, "Fuck you, Jack," or whatever, and hangs up. Because she's not insubstantially in the movie; she's a very small part, but she's like she has a few speaking scenes, right? So it's not it, like it's not like the Fisher King, where the you know our 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 leading lady is like a very important character and has an arc and a closeout. Th- this gal just seems to be there, and then they're like, "We ran out of things for this to happen. It's never getting resolved." Does he make up with her even? Like, does he get to go home to her and she forgives him, or are they done? Like, you don't know. And that's, I don't know. Like, of all the things you could leave he's open. Gonna. Yeah. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy asks him about it, and he's like, "I'll make. She'll forgive me, or I'll make up with her, or whatever." So I think it's I, just to give his character three dimensions. It was yeah. just like, like is he married? Some Does of the he have stakes kids? for him? Yeah. So yeah, do we need to have ever just, met her? Like, could he not just have spoken yeah. about her? And no, I like I like that we meet her because it gives him uh, it gives us an idea of kind of of his relationship. He does care about her because he's calling her and stuff, but he's not very good at being a boyfriend. He's a shitty fucking shitty boyfriend for okay, sure. Okay, but he's a yeah. detective. She understands that he's a detective, and she gives zero fucks about him needing to like realign plans. Like that's the first thing a detective probably tells someone when they're dating them is like, you would hey, think. My yeah. job is fucking crazy, and sometimes I'm just gonna have to cancel because something is happening. Um, and they would be like, "Okay, I sign up for this, right?" Like, yeah, this I kind of prefer a surprise. No, I kind of prefer uh, the movie Heat's take on that with um, Al Pacino and his lady friend, who like the, when we meet them, they're at like the end of the rope. She's lived through it, you know, and he's like, "Ah, oh, some guy put a baby in a microwave, and I'm sorry, the chicken got cold." <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't a good Al, but anyway, that's what he says <laughs> that in that movie. Dead so, like, in, though, I think. If, if yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was. 
Um, in this movie, yeah, she's she, she's a little bit less. I don't know, maybe just discovering. But Jack is like not only a cop and a cop that gets into like some some action or some trouble. He's a, he's like the workaholic cop who just does it twenty four seven. So he also looks like she her. Would dad. She has some legitimate. Com- she has some legitimate complaints, though. I mean, the 100%. first thing he does in the morning was he poured his, his hard alcohol into his coffee out of his flask. And she's like, oh, uh, hello, what the fuck are you doing? Like, well, like, like maybe this I'll isn't something. <laughs> yeah, she's like, maybe this isn't something I want to I wanna have in my life. Like, But she's also a little rough around the edges, too, because it looks like she works at a bar or a nightclub or something. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she's she's also like a little rough around the edge. So they're like she seems way like younger than him too. Way younger. A good match. Well, yeah, like twenty fine, something though. versus maybe forty five. Yeah, that's what I said. Point. He seems like her dad. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little like bit. late twenties, probably in, in like mid forties. Yeah. yeah, just around oh, the perfect um, age to make mistakes. We might also mention a little yeah. bit since Colin <laughs> brought it up about flask and booze etiquette. You don't when you're at I was home talk about that, yeah. where your stash of booze is. You don't use your fucking flask. He was at her place. I think he was at her house. Little though. snake bite. Even still, she'd have some probably booze around. He could snake bite his shit up with. Um, <laughs> snake bite his like, shit. Up with. And so he, he's like dipping into his flask appropriate. Well, not appropriately, but more appropriately out in the world when normal when you know when you can't get a drink. So you don't like when you can get a drink. You don't use your flask to top up your coffee. That's all I'm saying. Save the flask booze for when there ain't no booze. Yeah, that's your emergency stash. I agree with that. I understand what you're saying, but I think he was at her house, so he probably didn't want to go rooting for a cupboard to look for the whiskey or whatever. Yeah, he's a good guest. He pours he's from his boot. He pours from his boot flask instead True. of pouring our house booze. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably filling that up out of the trunk throughout the day or something. You know, like I'm sure he's he's got a system. They we just don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I used to work with a guy like that. He'd keep it behind the seat. Whenever that fucking coffee see, thermos gets empty, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> you top her up from behind the seat. <laughs> oh, um, God. What did you guys think of the end? Um, the final kind of showdown with, with Reggie and, and Jack. It's, it's kind of where it's kind of where the action fails for me. I, I think they should have left it much more simple because um, you guys pointed out, one of you guys pointed out that he was under the exact same scenario as in the beginning. The uh, bad guy has a gun, his gun, and a, and a hostage. So so then he starts walking, and Eddie Murphy even says, shoot him, Jack, shoot him, Jack, or something like that. And he just immediately pulls up his gun, and he shoots him and hits him in the shoulder. That could have They should have just had that be him shooting him in the head, and that's the end. And then Eddie Murphy was like, I, I was joking, I was bluffing, or whatever. And that could have been the end, but instead they have to have that guy get up and give a speech, and then Nick Nolte has you to give a speech. You shot me. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe I was shot. And Nick Nolte's like, you're through. And then they're like, then we need done or whatever. We need 18 shots to show this guy getting hit and then falling backwards, and then getting and then hit the and guy, falling backwards. And then the guy who <laughs> clearly clearly has skill with a gun does the stupidest thing I've ever seen with a gun, which is he holds it with two hands and points it in the air, and runs at Nick Nolte, who's yeah. pointing a gun at him. Yeah. Like, and then he gets shot. S- no, no surprise there. He holds it yeah. like he <laughs> thinks it's a club all of a sudden. Yeah, his arm's a club, just has a gun on the end of it. Yeah, yeah so I did not like the last two minutes. That whole two minutes could have, or minute or whatever, could have been edited out for me. And he just shoots him once and kills him. And I would have been much happier than they just, no, I, they, they, I think they thought they needed something 
more dramatic at the ending and yeah, i think it was a no, mistake you're right what should happen he shoots him kills him you give eddie the chance for a fucking for that that tagline right at the end right bam joke yeah and then you cut it you put on some fucking swayze 82 fucking saxophone little closing shit and you zoom out you pull the camera over the streets the wet fucking rainy nighty seat streets Maybe the maybe but, the sirens, the cherries lit on the top of some cars are just starting to come into the camera yeah, views. Yeah. Three hundred, and then you're done. But for me, yeah, I totally. think they That's save it. That's fucking right where, there. Where, That's the better ending. Yeah, we did it again. Well, God but they it. save it. I, I think they save it a little bit in the end, where where they have the conversation in the car, where uh, Eddie Murphy offers to, uh, like J- uh, Jack says he's not going to take his money. It'll be waiting for him when he gets out. Mm-hmm. And he and and Eddie Mur- and he says, but I could use a new car. So he offers him the money for. He's like, well, you can buy a new car. And uh, then he's like, but if you, he's like, but if you commit any crimes when you get back out, I'll be there to stop you or whatever. I don't think this means you can get away with anything. And Eddie Murphy steals his lighter or whatever, lights a cigarette. Yeah. And then he's like, what makes you think you can catch me or whatever? And he's like, <laughs> You want to give me my lighter back? And he's like, eh, 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 So I think that saves it a little bit because it ends on their friendship or whatever. So I feel like it, they had that little moment and uh, I got over the shitty the shittiness of the action scene. That scene is well That's funny. Uh, well done. I just that, It's funny to me that they fuck yeah. up the action in the very end and the rest of the action was good. It, 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 everything puzzled. about it looks and feels different. Like not even the bad guy's motivations and he's a crazy person. We've already established this, but it doesn't make sense. Like he wouldn't take Reggie hostage and then wait for Nolte to come. Like that makes no sense. What's the point of that? He would fucking put a bully yeah. in, bullet in Eddie's mouth and either run with the half mill or like do a better job of hiding and ambushing Mr. Nolte who seems happy just to walk in. Mm-hmm. So the bad guy's motivations totally. don't make sense. And then... Yeah, I get they're trying to do a callback to now he's ready to handle a hostage situation because it's the second one in three days, and this time he's going to shoot to kill. <laughs> it's redemption. It just, but does that ruin? But does that ruin the movie? Was no, it enough to see, ruin it? The other weird thing with the ending for me is that um, the whole time Eddie is so hell bent on killing uh, uh, Gates um, or Gans, sorry, Gans, uh, Gans, Gans yeah. yeah, and he doesn't really care much about Billy Bear, but at the end, Eddie gets Billy Bear and Nolte gets Gans, right? So, I may, maybe it would have been a nicer touch if Eddie had beef with maybe Billy Bear, um, or you know, there was a little bit more tension individually between our two forty-eight hours guys, so that it was a little bit more fulfilling when they get the final kills. But it's it doesn't ruin anything. It's just something that I thought about at the time was that no one really had beef with Billy Bear except that he was a crazy old gun wielding motherfucker. That's true, actually. Billy Bear yeah. just kind of exists. Yeah, he, he he's I know he was in the crew and all that stuff, but he meant he follows Gans like no problem and like Gans is actually crazier than Billy Bear it seems, so it's not like he was the crazy henchman. I don't know. He, I guess he he's just a not as smart. He's just yeah, he's just a henchman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there was just an opportunity for a little differentiation, like when they work together, he's the one who outed Eddie, not Gans, and Gans is like Eddie always thought it was Gans, but it was Billy Bear. He's like, It was me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of shit would happen. Imagine those two guys in a laughing competition. That'd be great. <laughs> the laugh from Predator, yeah. Yeah. Billy. Um, so yeah, the, unfortunately, the ending stumbles a bit. Just for the action, though, like you guys said, the, the their moment in the car, and there's something interesting about the way they end it, where Eddie is like accepting that he's going to go back to jail for six more months and then get out, and then they just kind of leave it there. 
Um, interesting. Well, Nick Nolte is going to give him the stolen money. I mean, I like. Yeah. Like, I feel like all that fits in line with Nick Nolte's character and stuff. Nick Nolte is like <laughs> not the most law-abiding. He like beat up a. He beat up the guy he had on furlough from jail in the streets. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't follow. He speeds. He drinks in his car he when he's driving. Signature he to get him out of jail. He forged. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a guy who follows the rules. So I feel like him saying he's going to give him his money back and stuff it plays into his his uh, you know. Yeah, he'll do what he needs character. to do for justice and the cause, but not not for like his own personal gain. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's still got some principles and stuff, but he 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 definitely rides the line of the law. Yeah, as a police officer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, what else you got to say about this movie, boys? You got anything new, fresh, interesting, the, or we want to call it? I, I think it's I think time. Talk, I'm fine with calling it. Yeah, right. cool. Who wants to go? Anybody in particular? I'll, I'll go quickly. This is uh, like Flick, uh, we we guys. talked about. Yeah, we talked about the music and stuff. Uh, um, I also, I actually think the music was, in my opinion, was made for this movie, and they and uh, James Horner just let let them use it for Commando. I feel like the movie fits this much better than uh, Commando. I, I haven't so I seen think, Commando, but the the main kind of um, riff on the Commando theme music is slightly different than this. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that they are completely different pieces of music, just same instrument, same everything, just you we'll know, now play this. Horner was so, going through a phase. It sounds so similar. Yeah, steel yeah, drums. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was into the drums. <laughs> um, but I would say that this definitely holds up for me. I've watched this three times in like three months. So so I've, in, I've actually, there's things I've noticed I haven't liked more the last time when I watched it with you, but... If you're going to watch something that many times in three months, you're going to pick up on some more stuff you might not like. But still, to me, it holds up. Um, I, I think the action is good. I love watching Eddie Murphy. Uh, I miss him. He doesn't do a lot anymore. And this is like the fact that this is his first movie and he's as good as he is in this as an actor. We didn't even talk about the scene where he goes in to the hillbilly bar yeah and he like does all his shtick that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie and it's because it's all him yeah and he is fantastic in that scene he's True like story. he's just charming there's something about eddie murphy like if you talk to other stand-up comedians and stuff too all of them anybody who knows Eddie murphy and stuff all thinks he's a good guy like he's just a solid guy which he's makes not me like happy a dick. because it's nice when you see your fucking heroes are actually like good people and they don't all turn into fucking you know drugging yeah. rapists just say you're and he's got a charm he's got a charm in the chemistry but he, <laughs> the chemistry between him and nick nolte carry us through to the very end even with that last scene with the cigarette lighter so so for me there are some hiccups and stuff but all of the things that i don't that I find are silly or bad about the movie kind of are funny too, whether it's the wigs or, or all of the familiar <laughs> cops or the chief who the black chief who oh, screams, he screams. At, and he screams he screams the N-word at Eddie Murphy as well. Yeah, then he and, says uh, it's okay, like, yeah. he can say it. He's like, Yeah, I said it. And I love the line where Nick Nolte says something to him and he's like, Just cause you said it with conviction doesn't mean it's shit or something yeah, like that. That's actually really <laughs> funny. Yeah, so yeah. I laughed. I laughed, and there's great action, and it, it, they wrap it up in a nice package for me. So I think it holds up. And it's like how old now? Uh, Twenty, eighty-two, thirty just years, forty years, forty, forty, forty years. Oh my next god! Year. And still a good, decent film, I think. 
Mm. Hold up. You want to go, yeah. Brent? Sure. Um, this one's a tricky one for me. I, I've been debating what I was going to think about it because there's some bad stuff. Like, so for every good thing, there's a bad thing, right? That kind of yep. counterbalances. So like bad thing, this movie's pretty dated, right? Um, but good thing, there's like a, a bunch of titties and then, uh, <laughs> bad thing. Um, some of the acting's not great. Oh yeah. And then, but good thing, there's like a whole bunch of titties. And then bad thing, <laughs> uh, that James Horner music. But a good yeah. thing, all those titties and a little bit of bums. So, um, to me, I think it's got to hold up just because I think some of it is real enough, um, and the thread there is holds holds true today. I think, but it. There was some of this movie, and I don't know if it's the datedness. I don't know if it's just some of the way that some of this is shot, or maybe like some of the dialogue is is very eighties um, esque. I don't know. I'm not gonna fucking explain it very well. It's more of like a feeling than than an intellectual observation. But there was some things about this movie that just didn't didn't vibe with me as I was jive. watching it. Jive well, yeah. yeah, and it's it's nothing that I can put into words at the moment. Maybe I need to rewatch it again before I do it. But um, I think that a lot of that stuff, and for me, a lot of the stuff about um, Nolte and um, and Murphy's relationship is, I mean, that's obviously the core of the movie. But for me, that's that's the stuff that that is so good that the rest of the movie falls into place, right? Some of the action, while being okay, is a little overdone. Most of the action. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it holds up. I can't, I couldn't remember this movie at all. I, it's one of those movies that I was like, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw it, but who the fuck could remember? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think it's good. And Murphy, man, I'm always a fucking fan of Murphy. I and mean, like Colin said, like he misses him. I believe that he's got stuff coming up. I, I, I know, um, I've heard he's going to do stand up again. I've that's heard. what I've been hearing is that he's been going on. And people say that he's just as funny as ever. And if you haven't seen him um, at the, what is it, the Mark Twain Award, where he fucking rips into Bill Cosby's award. Yes. At, that good. shit is is evidence that Eddie Murphy just fucking doesn't age. Like, his mind is as fucking funny now as it was then. Um, I think his roles just got shittier. Or maybe he got a little looser with picking them because he's buying houses Johnny Depp style. I don't fucking know. This movie holds up. Uh Eddie Murphy's fucking the man. Nice. Just, 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 just a comment before John goes on Eddie Murphy. I was listening to somebody who's close to him talking about how he watched uh, Delirious on Netflix and he was embarrassed by it because he felt like the jokes were so bad now. And uh, someone told him, but at the time that was like the biggest comedy special like ever. Like, yep. of course, co- comedy doesn't hold up it's one of the like i think one of us said it on this show it's one of the worst things it ages bad for holding up which is yeah it does age bad which is why the comedy in this movie 40 years still is funny so to me that's like shocking but anyway that's go ahead that's just me yeah this movie it holds up it's 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 close to even being close but it's you know what the the speed bumps that are in this are not enough to to take away from the heart of what's here and 
there's just a few little things that make it right. Like the, the discussion they have about, you know, the racism and, and why it went down and, and you see them form the bond. Like they're so against each other to start. And so it's really obvious and nice when it all flips around and they have the moment and they do it. Like you keep the gun, you have this information, you do this. All right, buddy, let's go. Like as soon as Reggie calls Nick Nolte and says, I'm here, come and like meet me and we'll go get this guy. Like that's when you know the absolute trust is there. So like stuff like that is great. There's the it's so funny when Eddie Murphy's dancing with that gal and there's um a pretty pretty good song playing and being sung at the club, and then there's Nick Nolte driving and driving. <laughs> And driving some more, driving that car, driving to get to the bar. It's like one of the least productive montages in a long time that I've seen. It's more, <laughs> it was just more of a music interlude for, for not much reason. Because there's no need to see Eddie Murphy <laughs> dancing and Nick Nolte driving his fucking car. Yeah. But still. And that's, see, and, and that's the thing for me is what we're talking about is that makes me laugh because it's so bad. But not almost in not a negative way. It's weird because I, I almost smile and enjoy how shitty that is. I don't know what it is about this movie. There's, there's just something weird. Even the shittiness is kind of funny. It is. It is. It is kind of. Yeah, there's enough funny shittiness that it does. It, it, you know, it's, it is action-y, heavy action. Next would be comedy. And then, yeah, so they, they, they get that balance pretty good. I just wish they hadn't have fucked up the very end. But it's not like they fucked yeah. it up so bad as like people lived or... You know, I guess it could have been worse for monologuing. Maybe it couldn't. I don't know. But still, I just get that. It's a nice feeling. It's, it's an interesting movie to watch for sure. Like if you think of uh, like Lethal Weapon, of Rush Hour, Tango in Cash, maybe if you're a sadist, um, Bad Boys. <laughs> yeah, you'd like, have to be. All these movies Bad would have to are. like take a nod from this one. And um, they all steal from this. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and it's it's appropriate. There's there's a lot of potential with this. A lot of, you know, fish out of water, a lot of, um, um, you know, uh, us against you. Um, you know, a lot of good opportunity for some good comedy. And, and this one got some decent action, too. So it holds up, baby. Woo! 48 hours. And those those movies, those movies that you mentioned, some of those movies I hate more. I like this better than those movies. Yeah. Yeah, well, things. I I like this. I I like this better than any of the Bad Boys movies. I would rather watch this again after watching it three times than watch any of the Bad Boys movies. I, I think. suspect we should do one of the Bad Boys. We should do the first one just to force me to watch. The first one's yeah, the only should, one. That's, yeah, that's, we should definitely do that. Got a up. chance, yeah. But I will say though, for another forty-eight hours, that the last half an hour of that movie makes the second one not hold up. So the first. The first well, two thirds of the next one are actually that. really good. Now we can't do it. Well, I don't think we're gonna do another forty-eight hours. I, I feel we like we got won't. other bigger fish to fry. Hey, hey no more advanced <laughs> calling movies in your uh, in your twilight of your speeches here. <laughs> I think we should add we should add some of the movies John just mentioned, including the original Bad Boys, because it's got Joey Pants. It's got uh, it's got some uh, some big name actors in it. Of course, Will Smith and Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, Martin Lawrence as well. Cool. And that was a huge movie at the time. And until then, next week we got Trading Places. Dan Aykroyd, oh. Eddie Murphy, get it India before. Oh, double next Eddie Murphy, Sunday. baby. Yeah, two Eddie Murphys in a row. And then I believe Ooh, we're going back good. to Tommy Boy Cruise for some samurai action, which I've wanted to do for a while. So, oh my God! I thought you said Tommy Boy. I want, oh <laughs> God! We should do Tommy no, Boy. Tommy Cruise. We should do Tommy Boy. Look at these movies we should be putting on our list, and you should be sending us movies put- too if you're listening. You want to watch one of these movies? Like, who thought 48 hours is going to hold up? Come on! 
I hoped it would, and it did. So there you go. Okay, next Sunday, we're going to drop the next episode, Trading Places. Join us for that. Thank you for listening. It's so great to have you. Enjoy your time, and as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.